Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's time for WEEI Late Night with your Friday night host, the Hacksaw, Jim Hackett. Friday night with the Hacksaw is brought to you by Atlantic Power Cleaning. 30 and still getting dirty. AtlanticPowerCleaning.com and by Gould's Distinctive Clothing in Acton. You too can look as sharp as Rob Bradford. Gould'sClothing.com. Now, here's Jim Hackett. Let's go let Peter Wolf sing a little bit here. Welcome, everybody. Late night Friday night with your host, Jim Hackett. Good to be here. Happy Veterans Day out there to everyone. And a special thank you with gratitude and utmost respect for all those who served our country, who all those who actually went to war, those who didn't come back, those who did. Thank you very much. Happy Veterans Day. I had a good day today, Joe. I had my kids there, Cub Scouts. And we went to a little memorial park, did a ceremony with some of the veterans of all uh, different wars, which was uh, it was good. You know, get get those two kids' heads on straight, um, and with some good, you know, some good stuff. And I come in tonight. Uh, I kind of threw a curveball to myself at about nine thirty. I was Joe and I were doing a little show prep, like yeah, about an hour or so ago. And I've got a column on WEI.com, and that was going to be the centerpiece of the show tonight, which is it's about Mac Jones. And I wrote the column, and the headline is for Mac Jones. It's an important time to reset, and I think it is. And it's a big-picture type of column thinking about him and where he is right now. And this is the opportunity in the year that we have ahead of us, that we're in, 2022. This is his opportunity to reset, not overthink, not rewind what has and hasn't happened in his mind, reset. And whatever that process is for him, he better do it and If you've been listening to me the last several weeks here on Late Night Friday Night, then you know I have been very hard on Bill Belichick, on Matt Patricia, on Joe Judge, on what they didn't put around him, how they did not set him up for success. I've been beating that drum for weeks. But the reality is, you know, Mac has a problem out there. He has not looked good. He looks like there's a crisis of confidence. And this is the only shot you have to kind of try to get it right. Now, There's more, as much onus on Bill Belichick, Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, the offensive line, all of them. And they're all contributing to what isn't happening on offense. But Mac is the leader on the field, and it hasn't looked good. And he has not only not progressed, he has regressed. And we can get into that. Okay, that's the kind of negative side of the late night Friday night show here on Veterans Day. Now, that was going to be 
the majority of what I wanted to talk about. And I'm going to put it out there to you guys, 617-779-7937. But in my back pocket was a little bit of Red Sox, too, because, you know, if you have been awake, you might have missed it. Major League Baseball's free agency period has started, and it has uh, not opened with a roar. It has been quiet. Crickets in MLB. The Red Sox resigned. Uh, Ref Snyder, a good ball player. I like him. You know, not a building block, but a guy that can play, that you can put in there, that can help you. But this is a huge offseason for them. And I said the first time I was on several weeks ago, I'm not confident in Hyam Bloom, and I'm not confident in him because I don't think he's confident in what he wants to do, where he has to do it, with whom he has to do it with. He's the wrong fit. So I came in all kind of pissing vinegar on a Friday night thinking about those two topics. But then I started watching the Celtics game. I was listening to him driving in. They won four in a row coming into tonight. And tonight, at the Garden, they take down the Denver Nuggets. The Celtics have won five in a row. They sit at nine and three very comfortably in the early earliest part of the season, you know, near the top of the conference, looking good, playing well. A lot to like there. Then you think about the other team that's at the Garden as well, the Boston Bruins. Now, if you heard me last week, I wasn't happy with them, and I don't think most of you in New England were happy with what happened Friday night with the Mitchell Miller signing and what since has happened there. I'm glad that they're through that. But I trashed them for an hour and deservedly so. But we're going to park that topic for a little bit because I kind of cleared my chest on that last Friday night. But your Boston Bruins are 12-2 and two and on top of their conference. So when you add it all up, for all you guys driving back from the TD Garden, guys and gals and families and friends driving back from the TD Garden tonight, the two winter teams, the Bruins and the Celtics, are 21-5 and five overall. And if you have made one of the 14 trips or more than one of the 14 trips to the Garden to see the Bruins or the Celtics, you probably saw them win because they're 13-1 and one combined at the TD Garden. So it's good times over on Causeway Street. And can I just add that the one loss was an overtime loss to one of the top teams yeah. uh, in the NBA as of right now, Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland. So. And that's, that's one of two teams that's ahead of them in the standings. And we knew that was going to be a tough game coming in. So, you know, it's interesting because we're sitting here on November 11th on Veterans Day. And we're getting right to that really critical juncture of the football season. And for the five weeks that I've been on on Friday night, it's been heavy, heavy, heavy Patriots. And that's been coming from you guys. 617-779-7937. It's what you wanted to talk about. At first, is there a quarterback controversy? Or is it a competition between the injured Mac Jones at the time and Bailey Zappi? What is the plan, Belichick? Looking at that. I mean, it's been all of that stuff for weeks. And I got to tell you. I'm a little burnt out of it, you know what I mean? And I, I took it out on my keyboard last night. I had to write this article about, about Mac Jones because I just, that's kind of the thing. We're all kind of putting some protective netting around him. And I think he, it's deservedly so. And it's not because I'm overly, protected, over, over, overly protective of Mac Jones or that I think he's necessarily the, the, the franchise quarterback. I'm not exactly sold on that. However, I think they've done a terrible job in his second year a critical development year, trying to give him any support. So that's what the beat of the, the drum have been hammering. But I'm not the only one. People are talking about this. We all have our different perspectives and, and angles that we come from. But all the while, as this has just gone on and on and on with the Patriots, I mean, they have actually won. I came in my first show, and I said the next six games, and after the bye week will be the sixth game. Despite how bad they've looked. You remember this, Joe? You were with me. I said they should go 5-1. and one. Did I not? You did say that, yes. That's documented. 
Five and one. I thought they'd probably split with the Jets. I never thought they'd lose to the Bears. I got that one wrong, as I think everybody did. But they've done it. They're one game away from getting there. They're four and one over this last five-week period. They're five and four. They're one of eight winning teams in the AFC. They're kind of in line for a playoff spot if it were to continue like this. Does it feel like that? I mean, it, it's hard It's hard to say that, but I think it's because the AFC is so wide open and so many teams have been, like, lesser than their expectations. Like, I think everyone thought everyone in the AFC West were making the playoffs, but then the Raiders have been disappointing, the Broncos have been disappointing. So, like, there is a light out there. I can see it, but I agree. It doesn't feel like it the way they've played. Even the Bills got trounced last week. I mean, it's, 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 it up is down. So what I'm saying is, so all that opportunity is there. But in your heart and heart of hearts and in your mind and what your eyes tell you, even if the Patriots do squeak in, they're out in the first round. I mean, this team's going nowhere. Um, it doesn't mean that there isn't some foundation that you can build off of, particularly on defense. But the offense is a mess. And we're at the, the critical midway point, basically, of the season where football really starts to matter. This is where, you know, Bill Belichick has said, football, it becomes the NFL come November. Well, we're there, and the Patriots are on the bye week, and boy, do they need it. But I got to tell you, when I look across town, and you guys can tell me coming back from the Garden, 21-5 and five overall with your Boston Bruins and your Boston Celtics, 13-1 and one at the Garden. A lot of good times happening over there on Causeway Street. You can't see it out that window, but it's not too far away. It's a couple miles away from our station. And I'm wondering how you guys are feeling out there. Do you want to keep beating the drum on the Patriots, 5-4 and four on the bye week, an offense that is critically endangered as they say in the wildlife community critically endangered the way they're winning games is with really good defense timely sacks with a get the opposition going backwards good special teams good field position and getting just close enough for nick folk to bail them out and that's what you've been looking at that's what you've been watching pretty much all year long short of a couple nice touchdowns here or there but they can't string more than one together in terms of getting seven so you can keep harping on that. I'll take that call all day on WEI.com. I have an article up. It's, it's feeding right into you guys. It's feeding right into you. For Mac Jones, it's an important time to reset. And the five articles I wrote before that are all killing Belichick, killing Patricia, killing Judge. What are you doing? Mac Jones, Zappy, and it just goes on and on and on. And when I listen to Nick Fitzy Stevens today on Afternoon Drive and I can hear the melancholy in his voice, he's like a walking espresso shot. You, you know what I mean? He's just, he's always with the positivity and the energy. Always, yeah. I can I can tell you sitting here watching games on Sunday, he's always like Bouncing in his chair. right up and at him. Yeah. Bouncing in his chair. And he le- he leads the league in exclamation points on texts and Twitter. I mean, he's, a, he's an energetic guy. And when I can hear the melancholy in his voice, I don't know if he's been hanging around with Andy Hart too long, but, you know, and, and Andy had a great line today. I'm just, I'm just breaking his balls a little bit. But Andy had a great line today. They were asking, or might have been the other day, what do you think of the Patriots? He just went, Ugh. you know, and I think we're all kind of there. So I'm going to throw a life raft out to you, Boston sports fans, which is, look at, man, if, if you're a half-glass-empty person, I'm not saying you're a half-glass-empty person, but if you need to clear your mind in the half-glass-empty side of this thing with the Patriots, with the Red Sox, who I am very concerned about this offseason, we can get into that. I'll talk Red Sox and Patriots all day. Or you're feeling half, half glass full. Do you want a little sugar in your coffee? Because the Celtics and the Bruins are giving it to you on the ice and on the court. 
And they've been pretty fun to watch, fun to listen to. And at this time of year, again, this is the heart of the football season. It is approaching the heart of the baseball offseason, which in these parts used to be the second biggest sport in town. The Red Sox used to be the biggest sport in town. It's clearly the Patriots now. And Red Sox offseason was number two for a really long time. But what has happened with the MLB offseason is it's just a snooze fest. I mean, some of the big signings don't come until after Christmas. Well, like somewhere between Christmas and, and, the, and when the pitchers and catchers report in like middle of February. It just goes on and on and on. There's like nothing to cling to. And I don't know if that helps the Red Sox or not. I don't know if that helps a guy like Haim Bloom, who we talked about, Joe, when I was in here the first time a few weeks ago. He's a value shopper, you know? And even his greatest pluck was a value pluck when he got Kyle Schwarber at the trade deadline a year a year and several months ago because he couldn't play for three weeks. So he got him at, wait for it, a value. And I'm wondering, as a value shopper, a guy with a mentality like that who came from the Andrew Friedman tree at Tampa Bay, you know, learned it, uh, his knee, is he so hardwired that he doesn't know how to put it together? And he, or, or does he have the courage of his convictions, which I think is he's of the mentality. He wants to blow it up and start again. But I think he thinks he can't. And he's right. Not here. And not with the core he at least inherited. All sorts of mistakes there. So you can sound off on that. 617-779-7937. Red Sox offseason. Quite the bore so far. But that's not even the, that's burying the lead. What I, I, I'm wondering what's going to happen. I have a feeling, this kind of, this has that feel of like when the Red Sox got desperate a few years ago and they went out and oversigned Pablo the Hutt and they went and oversigned Hanley Ramirez. Don't do that. Okay, rather invest in the people that you that are here that you groom through your system, Devers and Bogarts, and build it up. But they can't be half pregnant, and I get this feeling that that's kind of where Bloom is. That's on the table for you, half glass empty guys. And I'll play half glass empty all day if you if that's what you want to do. And if you're really feeling empty, we can talk Patriots right now, who at five and four are a perfectly mediocre 500 team. I know they're over 500. I can count five and four, but you hear what I'm saying. This is what 500 teams do. They win sometimes. They look terrible sometimes. They win 26-3 last week. I could have slept through the whole thing. I regret my whole Sunday sitting and watching that whole thing. I should have done something with my family. But I watched it like you guys probably did. A lot of you did. And it was a bore. But what's interesting about the Patriots is is, is what is going to happen to their starting quarterback. You know? What is going to happen to Mac Jones? Important week for him to reset. He needs to go back to where he was during that seven-game winning streak last year mentally. Figure it out because the statistics are there. The, the, the ones that are obvious, the completion percentage, the yards per attempt, the rating, all that stuff, down, down, down from 21. We can get into that when we come back after the break. However, what do your eyes tell you with him? They're telling me there's a crisis of confidence. The protection's terrible up front. That's not his fault. The play calling's lacking innovation since day one. That's not his fault. The play calling has no rhythm. That's not his fault. There's no flow. Calls are starting to come in, which is great. We'll get to you after the break. But some of this is on him. He has regressed. So are you feeling half glass empty? 
Do you want to crack a beer and drown your sorrows and talk Red Sox offseason and the snooze fest it is? Or dig into the Patriots like we've been doing for several weeks here? Or are you kind of feeling good about what's happening on Causeway Street? And if you're not, you should be. You should be. The Bruins and the Celtics are 13-1 and at the Garden, 21-5 and overall, sitting pretty. 617-779-7937. We're going to take a break. We're going to trend. And you tell me. Half glass full, half glass empty. Sean and Worcester will be first, and I'll get to the rest of your calls after this. Merloni, Fourier, and Mego. Weekdays, 2 to 6. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. All right, just talking about this, what's trending now here. The Celtics were at the Garden tonight to host the reigning two-time MVP, Nikola Jokic, and the Denver Nuggets, and they won their fifth straight, 131 to 112. They were up 18. It got down to about 7 or about 9, and then Jalen hit a big 3 and went right back up for a 19-point win. Great job by the Celtics. Jason Tatum with 34 points, of course, 8 rebounds and 5 assists. It's Tatum's fourth straight game with 30 or more points. Jalen Brown. Flirted with the triple-double. 25 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists. He started out fast, too. He looked like a friend of mine texted me. He said he's going to go for 50. Um, he was looking good, too. Al Horford with 21 points. Peyton Pritchard shot 5 of 6 and scored 11 points off the bench. Jokic finished with 29 points, 8 rebounds, and 3 assists for Denver. The Celtics will be on the second night of a back-to-back tomorrow in Detroit to battle the Pistons. Tip-off will be at 7 o'clock. Over to the Patriots. The Patriots are on their bye week. But there is news within their division. Bills quarterback Josh Allen practiced for the first time this week with limited fashion. Allen continues to deal with a right elbow injury. He's listed as questionable for Sunday's matchup against the Vikings. Matt Stafford, meanwhile, is questionable for Sunday versus the Cardinals after spending the week in concussion protocol. Gresh Keefe and Wiggy will have all your inactives during WEI football Sunday starting at 10 o'clock. All quiet in the first hour is a free agency. Boy, is it in MLB. But the big news in management is that the Astros are firing GM James Click and assistant GM Scott Powers. So, you know, for a guy... world champs, too. I mean, it just happened a couple weeks ago. And for a guy who doesn't want Heim Bloom ultimately making the the decisions in what I think is the most important offseason in a really long time, that's kind of interesting. Those are the kind of free agents I might go get. And the Dodgers have re-signed uh, ace Clayton Kershaw to a one-year deal. That dropped earlier. So uh, that's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More of Late Night Friday Night coming up. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
Hey, Joe, you're a pretty clever producer back there. We're talking about half glass empty or half glass full. Joe's always kind of rocking it in the, in the producer's booth there. Well done. I mean, if it's Friday, it should always be glass half full. I agree. And this is a very happy song. Now, let me break it down for you why we're talking about this. I came in kind of fired up to talk about the Patriots again. I've been doing it for several weeks. There's a lot to talk about. Quarterback controversies, Max Portplay, Matt Patricia, (laughs) Belichick having the audacity to put Patricia and Judge in the positions they're in, the fallout, what's happened to Mac Jones. Brutal. And my article today actually finally pointed the finger at Mac. I said, look, it's I've supported him the whole way through, but the reality is it ain't good on the field. It ain't his fault. It's the gift he was given. Big poo box there that they gave him, but he's got to box his way out of it, and this is the week to do it, the bye week. So I was thinking about that, thinking about the Red Sox offseason, and I've got great trepidation about what they are and aren't going to do. You know, Devers, Bogarts, building off that core. It's already eroded a little bit under Bloom's watch, which is too bad, and his predecessor almost won another World Series in Philadelphia. So I was feeling a little half-empty. But then I started watching the Celtics, and I started like kind of doing the math. And the Bruins are twelve and two. The Celtics are nine and three, combined twenty one and five, sitting pretty on both of their conferences. Thirteen and one at the Garden. Saw some noise about that on Twitter, and I saw the reactions. I was looking at the reactions on the Mac talk and the Belichick talk and the Patricia talk versus the Celtics and the Bruins talk. And I think people are going to start looking towards Causeway Street. Let's see what Sean and Worcester feels. I, you know, Sean and Worcester, I'm wondering if Sean might be on the negative side. Where am I, Sean? Good, good evening. Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, Jim? How you doing? Hey. Um, I, I, I think that I'm just going to get through my three points, yeah. and uh, then, then, I'll, then I'll listen to your reaction. Appreciate it. I, I kind of think that the game has passed Belichick by because he signs these big fat guys to, to go and play uh, on defense and they're not, you know, non-athletic because you look at like somebody like uh, Philadelphia's team where, uh, where, uh, you know, they have a great defense. They have an active defense for sure. The Eagles and, do. Yeah. And and uh, and my next one is um, our defense has been pretty good late. too, Sean. Though our defense is looking they, pretty good they, lately, right? Pat's defense is looking pretty got, active. They got they got away from going to the tight ends, yep. and I don't know why they're doing that <laughs> because again, Patricia and Judge that's a big mistake. Yep, and. Uh, and uh, the, the other thing is uh, high in bloom. Yep. What do you got? I, I think high in bloom is still thinking that he's in, in uh, Florida down in Tampa Bay. Yeah, you, you might know, be on to something. Go and get cheap stuff because last, last year the Red Sox had the, the least home runs in the outfield. Yeah, and they gave away a thirty run. They they gave away a thirty home run hitter and uh, and Hunter Renfro there, Sean. So, I think it's safe to say that Sean and Worcester. It's definitely you know you know the show. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, it's a 
fan favorite for it, me. It's always rainy in Worcester, apparently. So push. You know, I'm, I don't. It dis- is raining outside right now, <laughs> so it makes. I don't sense. disagree with Sean though. It's hard to disagree. Look, let's go through his first. Let's go through his points. His his first point. Um, Game is passed. Belichick by. Yeah. Okay. So interesting. So look at Belichick is seventy years old. I've written about this. I wrote about it months ago. At seventy, I don't want him taking on more. I don't want him going through the couch cushions looking for low-salaried coaches so he can manage a budget and have more under uh, his, his purview. I don't, we don't need that. At 70, he should be the overlord, overlooking everything, and he should have a fleet of lieutenants that have learned from under him. Now, I know both Judge and Patricia did in different roles, by the way, which we've talked about a bunch of times. But the brain drain of talented coaches, the ones you want it, that have left is is very significant. Brian Dable, look at the success he's having. Flores, I love that guy. I wish he was still here. Um, you know, McDaniels is having a tough time as a head coach, but make no mistake, don't get it don't get it twisted, as Wiggy would say. Okay. Great offensive coordinator. And and there's been a whole slew of them over the course of twenty years. So, you know, what you hope when you coach for as long as Belichick does to make Sean's point, is that you can turn over the keys to the Cadillac at some point to someone that has come up you know, under your tutelage. And he's done that in a way with Patricia and Judge. I just think of all the talented coaches that have been through here, he picked the wrong two. And he certainly put them in the wrong position. So has the game passed Belichick by? That's a little strong. That's a little strong. I do think they need more help in terms of player personnel, different eyeballs. I've been crying about this for years. Enough with the Parcells-Belichick tree. How many branches are left? You've already got three from the next generation. you get got Stephen Belichick and Brian Belichick, his own kids. And then in the front office, you get Al Groh's kid. Al Groh was the defensive coordinator for the Parcells Patriots way back, and then with the Jets with Parcells. So, you know, not only are there not many leaves or flowers on this formerly Parcells, now Belichick tree, you're starting to run out of branches. And if you've had such a problem drafting wide receivers in the past, why don't you go get one of the scouts from the Steelers? Overpay him. I don't know what a scout makes. Two hundred grand a year? Pay him four hundred. This is the thing that drives me crazy with Belichick with Patricia and Judge. There's no salary cap for coaches. Pay some coaches. I'll throw a name at you. He just got fired. How about Frank Reich? Could Frank Reich help this offense? I think he could. I do think he could too. I mean, I granted Indy and New England offenses are basically the same. Like and he's gone through a bunch of quarterback cycles, so like the the optimism is there, but it's at the lowest point where you could probably get the most out of them. But their quarterbacks have stunk. Carson Wentz was washed. Matt Ryan is washed. This clown they throwed out there last week. He's he's a he's a never was uh, and it never will be that guy. Nothing there. Yeah, but I think it's because of that, which is like lowered his value, which would help like to get him on your coaching staff. All the more reason to strike. Right? If his value is low, that's playing right into Belichick's hand. The next point that uh, Sean and Worcester was talking about uh, as he was dealing with the rain was the tight ends. Yeah, look it. I think when your offense, and your offensive line specifically, has had such protection problems and your quarterback's having trouble getting rid of the ball and he's not seeing the ball well, I think the tight ends are in line a lot trying to offer extra protection. We talked about it during the Billy Zappi two starts. He was in max protection 48.5% of the time when Zappi, that means they had an extra lineman in there or a tight end playing in tight to help out. It wasn't the same for Jones. 
But all the problems that have happened over the course of the season, the result of it is this crisis of confidence that you're seeing with Mac Jones. And now I don't think he's seeing the, the field well, as tall as John O. Smith and Hunter Henry are. He just isn't seeing them. So I think part of it is scheme. Part of it is protection. Part of it's Mac himself. The other part, too, is, you know, sometimes when you get the camera angle the right way, you don't always see Hunter Henry and John O. Smith open. And John O. Smith hasn't really earned much of anyone's trust. Uh, he had a nice play last week. That was good to see. I think there's talent there. I love what I saw in Tennessee a couple of years ago. We haven't really seen that happen. So that's an interesting point. And on Bloom, Sean, in Worcester, I'm with you. You know, I, I, um, I think that guy, I think Hyam Bloom is a really smart guy, and I think he can be a successful GM. I just think he's a fish out of water in Boston. And it's not because, you know, of the, the fan base and what we need and what we desire. It's not that. To me, it's the fact that you had the, mo- the, the most winningest team in the history of baseball in 2018, a World Series championship organization. You took over a canvas that was 90% painted already, and painted with champions. And what is it now? Three years later, it, he's completely disassembled it um, four years later. So... Um, I don't know, man. I, and I, I don't think there's been enough evidence to say that he kind of wants to be a little bit of both. He kind of wants to build up. He kind of wants to break it down and start over. Yeah, I don't think he's intentionally being like that middle sort of guy, but it's like he would exceed in a rebuilding situation like Pittsburgh. Yeah, or but Kansas not with City. Like, yeah, or, but not with like New York or Boston. So it's like I think he's trying to find that middle ground, but, but there why? is no middle ground. But why? So, so I, I think it is a conscious choice. I think he's feeling the pressure. He's feeling the pressure of the market, and he's not handling it well because he does not belong in this market. Maybe 20 years from now, he gets a little bit more seasoned. Maybe. The guy you needed was the guy you fired, Mr. Dombrowski. Now, he did some Dombrowski things, too, like David Price for $217 million. I wasn't a huge fan of that. Worked out in 18. It worked out, okay? But that wasn't great. And, you know, I don't need the Red Sox to be over the luxury tax threshold. I don't. I like them right in the top five. And this is what I was excited about with Bloom. Because, you know, people, people cast a lot of shade at John Henry and they cast a lot of shade at Werner and the organization. But they've made pretty good decisions, you know, o- over the course of time. They've had their picadillos, you know, and we talked about it after that train wreck um, you know, uh, of, a, of a season when they got Pablo the Hutt and they got Hanley Ramirez and all those signings and the, and the Bobby Valentine stuff way back. You can always kind of tell when the Red Sox aren't, like, in sync. You can tell when it's a, a Henry offseason, when they want to save money, when it's a Werner offseason, when they want to spend a lot, and when Lucchino was back or, around here and he would go get someone like Valentine. That was his call. But you can always tell when they're out of sync. But for Especially the mo- in those years, you could see ownership like physically getting involved. Like they yeah. recognize yeah, it. And there was I a- don't know what's different this time. And there were the Theo problems. And then there was, you know, Charrington trying to get like reimagine Theo a little bit and then go in the other direction. Like there's been some inconsistency. But on the whole, since these guys got here in 2002, it's been pretty darn good. Four World Series championships. They had none for 86 years. You know the story. It's been pretty good. Fenway Park has never been better to go to in terms of, you know, what it offers and the, the comforts are better, the amenities are better, all that. They've made pretty good decisions. Um, so when they hired Hyam Bloom, I actually thought, okay, this, so this could be smart because they've got the big payroll. They've got the core from 18. Now, maybe instead of the overspend and the overreach, they can get a little bit more creative, and he could be a guy that can fill in the holes, but it hasn't happened. He didn't build up 
from the canvas that he inherited. He didn't. He took that hardwired Tampa Bay mentality and he started to kind of break it down. And it was like an oops. I better go get this guy, get this guy, get this guy. It just doesn't, it's not in sync, man. It's not working. And I think with so much money coming off the books, this is a really important offseason for the Red Sox. And I don't want him at the control. So Yeah, to his credit, also, he's built up the farm system with Dombrowski basically tore down. But there's more That's focus. That's overplayed, though, There's Joe. more focus, though, on the main roster. Like, I think he's realized over the course of time, you need more focus in the main MLB roster than you do in the farm. That's system. his job. Look at you, you, your, your people under you have to rebuild that farm system. You got to keep your eye on it. Keep your eye on the future, but you, it, you can't dilute it. And by the way, I don't have all the records in front of me. We can maybe pull it, you know, during the show. But you know, th- th- that's a narrative about Dombrowski that Rob Bradford's been talking about for a long time, and he's right. He did move a lot of people out of the minor leagues, but not a lot of those guys are making it. Man, they're not making it. Those turned out to be really good trades. You know, Mankata, okay, but not a whole heck of a lot else. He got rid of a lot of people while teams like Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, Kansas City, who have to rebuild on the fly, they took the bait. Dombrowski won most of those deals. So, uh, you know, I applaud Bloom for building up the farm system. Like, good job, but you can't do it in spite of what happens at the major league level. So back to the first Worcester call. I know we got a couple more lined up. You know, he, he cited High and Bloom. Um, and I think he was on the right track. You know what I mean? So um, I put it out there at the beginning of the show. Are you feeling half glass full with the way the Celtics and the Bruins are playing over and lighting up Causeway Street, you know, 13-1 at the Garden? Or are you kind of feeling half glass empty more about the Patriots and the Red Sox? And by the way, the Patriots and the Red Sox will always be the dominant two in this town until it's playoff team and you feel the wave of one of the other two. You know, we got a strong core four here. But the Sox and the Pats are always at the top. So, you know, when it's going great for them, it's a great talking point. When it's going poorly for them, it's a great talking point. You know what I mean? And when things are really going wrong for the Celtics or the Bruins, like last Friday with that Mitch Miller fiasco that they brought on themselves, or the Celtics over the summer with the Doko thing for a few days there, when we didn't really know what, we still don't know everything, but we knew less when it first got announced by when the Woj bomb came out, right? That's when they bring that negative attention there. But the passion, when people really want to moan and complain, nothing brings it out of you like the Red Sox. And, and the Patriots are doing a pretty good job of it, too. So, you look, it's an open canvas here on a Friday night. We want to be happy. It's a Friday night. But, you know, if you want to vent on the Patriots, I've got all the ammo you need. Go to WEI.com. Check out the article about Mac Jones. Now, I'm not throwing shade all over Mac Jones. I'm putting it all on Mac Jones. You've got to read beyond the headline. You've got to read the article. There's a lot that's happened so far this season. I'm not happy with with Bill Belichick, the way he approached the whole offseason, um, the giving the keys to Matt Patricia and Joe Judge and putting them in roles, A, they've never been in, B, they're not qualified for. C, you can't be learning on the fly on the weekend of Veterans Day, you know, like you're in training camp. Training camp's long since over. Yeah, and I think Tommy Curran had a great point uh, when he was on Merloni for Mego is that, this team still feels like they're in late August. They're That's, still that is trial a great point. running. Yeah. But it's like you're at the midseason point. Like you should stop with the trial runs after three or four games. Yeah. It it's worked once. It's worked once. You know when that was? When they kind of had to they they Orway used to use the word, they morphed. It was two thousand eighteen. 
when they beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. Remember that team? They, you know, when Brett, when Belichick, when uh, when Brady was was it eighteen when he was the most miserable quarterback? There was eight and zero. Oh, was that nineteen? But I think that was nineteen. That was last 19. year with New England. Okay, so in eighteen, in eighteen, if I remember correctly, um, they they had some offensive line injuries. I think it was Tooney. Tooney was out, and another one was hurt, and they went out and got Antonio Brown. Remember that? And everyone missed the story on that. The reason they got Antonio Brown, other than him being available and being an excellent wide receiver, even though he's a jackass, and boy, do we learn more about that. But the reason they went out and got Antonio Brown is because Edelman was out, right? He had a four-game suspension. James Devlin, I think, had a concussion. He was their fullback at the time. Tooney was hurt, and another offensive lineman was hurt. It might have been Isaiah Wynn in his rookie year. They got Antonio Brown because he can get open faster than anybody. Brady needed an outlet. Now, it only lasted one game. But that team was a work in progress like this one, except that team was good and went on to win a Super Bowl. But what they did, it's one of the few times I've ever seen in NFL history where a team completely changed its complexion midway through the year, and they became a running team. And, you know, Sony Michelle, I think, has proven to be a jag, a guy who can get it done, but he's nothing spectacular. He looked great at Georgia. Um, but I think he's like third on the depth chart in the Chargers right yeah, now. Yeah, he is. He's, he's behind Deckler, and they've got a, a rookie there that uh, – uh, Isaiah, um, I forget his name, but we'll get it at the break. But, yeah, he's third on the depth chart. He gets like five carries a game. He's a jag. But he was productive that year because they changed the system on the fly and they were able to do it. And, oh, by the way, you had Tom Brady to make it happen when you needed the big throws. And and the AFC Championship game in Kansas City is the telltale of that. But that's an outlier, guys. They won a Super Bowl 13-3 to in, a, in an era where people were putting up 40, 50 points a, a game, you, you know? So that was an outlier. This doesn't feel like an outlier. This, the Patriots at 5-4 and four seem like they're lucky to be 5-4. and four. So that's the half-empty part of it. Are you coming at me half-glass full with the Bruins and Celtics? Or do you want a wine? You've got plenty of wine. We'll take your wines if you want to take them for the Red Sox on the offseason and the Patriots. Coming back after this. You know the number, 617-779-7937. Quick break. Back to your calls. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It might seem crazy what I'm about to say. All right, welcome back. Sports Radio WEI. It's Late Night Friday Night with Jim Hackett. And the snappy music coming out of the studio with Joe. I mean, if we're going to be glass half full, might as well. you got to play happy. We're trying here, right? 
Are you happy, New England? Are you happy? I know you're not happy with the Patriots. Some people are feeling zappy. Some people are feeling zappy. Uh, that's a little old, though. You know, I think we did that a few weeks ago, and yeah, it might resurface. You know, and I got an article about Mac Jones up there right now, and uh, we'll get into that a little bit. But it's got a funny text on three seven ninety three seven. I just I'm going to need my glasses at the break to get through it. There's a lot there. There's a lot of cuss words. I have to. I have to cut out. But the content I like. Thank you from Dwayne in New Hampshire. I'll have to get to that one. But um, I want to talk a little bit about this column I have up on WEI.com with Mac Jones. So we're, we're talking about like the half-glass half glass empty topics like the Patriots, the Red Sox offseason, and the half-glass full, like the happy song, which is the Celtics and the Bruins rocking it at the Garden. 13-1 and one over there, guys. A lot of fun for you fans that have gone out there and cheered them on. You've had uh, good experiences over there. And we can get into that. So if you're feeling half glass full, let us know. 617-779-7937. But I'm going to go a little empty for the end of the first hour here. And then we'll pick it back up at 11. We'll get back on the positive side. But I want to just uh, kind of fuse the conversation of the Celtics and the Patriots together. And in the article I wrote today, you know, I've been thinking a lot about Mac Jones and where he is, where he must be right now. And it's less about... 2022. We know what 2022 is. I think they're a 9-8 and eight team. At best, they're an 8-9 and nine team, probably. If it spirals out of control, they could definitely get, you know, no better than seven wins. That It's all in the range of outcomes, but it's no higher, guys. It's no higher than that. So I'm thinking about Mac Jones in context of being their, what I would say going into the season was their top asset. Think about it. A number one pick, quarterback that went 10-7 and seven in his first year, 10-8 and eight, if you include the playoff blowout loss, um, a Pro Bowl berth, even though he was an alternate because of injury, but it's on his resume, all right? Feeling good, feeling good coming into the season. And uh, it really hasn't gone that way. Now, there's reasons for that. We've talked about that. Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, Bill Belichick et al. We've talked about that exhaustedly for the last several weeks. But um, you have a lot of draft capital and a lot of hope and a lot of future planning built around Mac Jones. At least you did. And now you've got your quarterback with a crisis of confidence. Um, and there are some startling revelations here. I mean, I'm going to give you some statistics from 2021, his rookie season, and 2022. Really, if you t- look at the two seasons, you should flip-flop them. You know, This is the season that should be the rookie season, and 2022 should be the improvement season. But boy, has he regressed. Completion percentage in 2021, 61.4%. Pretty good for a rookie, 61.4%. You know, I remember Brady when he came in for Bledsoe in 2001 and listening to the real postgame show. I was a season ticket holder back then. And Fred Smurlis used to call him Mr. 60%, Mr. 60%, Mr. 60%. Now, Brady would push 70% as his career went on. But, you know, 61.4% completion percentage in your rookie year, pretty darn good. 2022, 57.9%. I mean, that's a big drop. And you know, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it is. You're under 60, you're not doing well. And, and again, what are your eyes showing you? We know he's not doing well, but something to think about. Yards per attempt. This statistic, usually the magic number is seven. You want to have your average of throw, throws that you're attempting be seven yards. That shows uh, it's a healthy amount of yard, yards that you're at least trying to gain. 7.3 yards per, per, per attempt last year in 2021. 6.5 this year. And he's not getting the ball out quickly, guys. Now, that's, a lot of that is the protection. A lot of that is what I think is convoluted communication. And someone, tell me I'm wrong. 617-779-7937. Please, pretty please, with sugar on top, tell me I'm wrong. I'll prove to you I'm right right now. Maybe uh, 
Joe in, in the booth can pick up this audio from Matt Patricia, but have you ever heard Matt Patricia speak when he answers a question? Have you ever heard Joe Judge speak? Let me tell you something. If I was the quarterback, I wouldn't want these guys in my headset. I mean, talk about a lack of word economy. I don't know what they're talking about. And if, if we're relying on him to send the plays in, <laughs> good luck to Mac Jones. It's a yeah, pl- great, you know, great observations. Yeah, thanks, Matt. I would agree. Those are great observations. You need to clean it up. But the communication is so convoluted. And, and why communication is important in terms of play calling you're working at a rapid pace out there. There's a flow to play calling. And if you can't make sense of what's coming into your into your helmet, what's getting called from the sideline, you question things. And we've talked about this for several weeks, questioning the plays, questioning the timing of the plays, questioning the play caller. The result of all that, convoluted communication, lack of good communication, lack of efficient communication, lack of good play calling, lack of confidence of where the play calls are coming in from has created a crisis of confidence for Mac Jones. So, you got that? Yeah. Thank you. Who was that? That was Judge. That was Judge. All right. Judge is the kind of guy when he talks. I feel like I'm at like a family reunion and there's like an aunt who's had like too many glasses of wine that's been like divorced three times and you can't get away from her. That That's what it's like listening to Joe Judge. Anyway. This is what I've been thinking about with Mac Jones in terms of where he is mentally right now. And I'm going to quote from my own article, which is because it is a parallel to the Celtics here. And this is where I was thinking. In Game 7 of the 2010 NBA Finals, as both the time and the series began to slip away from the Celtics, I remember watching Doc Rivers during a fourth-quarter timeout, preaching to and pleading with his players. He said, this is it. He shouted it. This is it, pointedly and passionately. Translated, guys, it's slipping away. It's now or never. Now, that moment comes to me because when I think of Mac Jones in this bye week, I'm wondering if this is it. Is this it? This is the time he has to repair himself. You can't repair yourself on the fly. 2018 was an aberration, and that was a coach repairing his team based on the talent he has and so he knew what he needed to be successful. That's different. When you're a player... As soon as that game ends, you're game planning for the next one. This is the time. So how is Mac Jones repairing himself? How is he resetting? I hope he's not thinking and dwelling too much. There's been plenty of that on the field. You can yeah, see I it think, in his eyes. I think part of it is he just needs to relax because we've seen it like pretty much from when he was drafted to now is he's a thinker. He's a good mentalist out mm-hmm. there in the game. So maybe just like sitting back and relaxing and not overthinking anything is is big, as you say. I wrote this in the article. I wrote it in a couple different ones. You know, he reminds me when it's not going well. He reminds me of Derek Lowe. Do you remember Derek Lowe on the Red Sox when things were going poorly? The shoulders would sulk. He'd drag his head around. He'd kick dust around the mound. I mean, you saw it. And you're seeing it with Mac Jones. You are seeing it. He is wearing it. And all the while, the accuracy isn't as good. The... Speed with which with, with which he's getting rid of the ball is much slower. He has no confidence in his surroundings. That's why he's taken off and running a little bit more. Crisis of confidence. So that's the half glass empty part of the show. If you want to weigh in on Mac Jones, 617-779-7937. If you want to weigh in on Matt Patricia, Bill Belichick, Joe Judge, I'll take those calls all day. Same number, 617-779-7937. Or are you feeling good? Is anyone feeling good out there at 11 o'clock? On a Friday night about the Celtics and Bruins, I am. More after this. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.